welcome to the First Church Orlando podcast. Here you will find recordings of weekly sermons, devotions, interviews, and seminar recordings from the First United Methodist Church of Orlando. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. Our theme for this year's Lent is My Story, helping us all to become more aware of the ways our personal faith stories intersect with God's story in Scripture. Throughout the season, we're introducing you to members of our church family, asking them to tell us a little about their faith stories. My name is Vance Raines. I'm the lead pastor at First Church. I'm pleased to introduce you to John Shugart. And I'm looking forward to this conversation and, and hearing his story. John, welcome to the podcast. How about starting by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, ways uh, you've been connected and involved at First Church and where you are now? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Vance. And uh, just as a precursor, my daughter Stevie's in the background. If you hear baby noises, um, I. Um, John Dugart, I am currently a certified candidate um, from First United Methodist Church of Orlando, um, and currently I am up here in Durham, North Carolina, in my second year at Duke Divinity School, and I serve as a student pastor at Glendale Heights United Methodist Church in Durham, and yeah, I, I grew up at First church Orlando. I uh, started Sunday school, I think, when I was in first grade and went through youth group and uh, graduated, you know, out of the youth group and went to college. But I've been connected ever since. Uh, I served most recently as a pastoral, minis- uh, pastoral ministry intern in, I guess, 2018. So I was active as a youth youth group adult and then discerned my call to ministry and and joined as an intern before I left for Duke. Great. Well, you just you just mentioned several themes I think that are significant. Uh, you have a new daughter. Uh, you've gone to seminary. I know you recently were married. You've become uh, a pastor serving in a church, and of course we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I just I just wonder in the last couple of years, in the midst of all those changes, how how has your uh, experience of God, your understanding of God changed, grown, stretched? Yeah, um, a, a lot of discerning over the past couple of years of big decisions and kind of my wife, Emily, uh, who served as, as a pastor there for a while. Um, we kind of went through it all at once, but I guess in terms of, you know, how I've viewed God through all of that, I think um, I think when when I was going through changes and, and transitions and trying to figure out what was next, uh, my relationship with God, I guess, necessarily had to be sort of personal and, and conversational to the point where I was asking questions like, is this really what you want me to do? Is this really um, where you want me to go and be? And I think in that regard, um, you know, I, I, I guess foundationally kind of the father uh, language used for God has always clicked for me. Um, but yeah, just, just in terms of like 
that personal conversational level in these big decisions I was making had to, had to come into play for me. Yeah. So I, I like to use the word conversation a couple of times there. I like that. Um, it, it implies two-way conversation, two-way communication. Um, you, you shared some of the questions you ask. Uh, what's it like for you when God answers those questions? Yeah, I was, um, I was thinking about this a little bit in, in preparation and my, you know, prayer life and all of that. But a lot of times it feels like to me, my answer is usually kind of like, really, you know, I, and I, I think that in that way, I, I, I think God has a sense of humor um, in some of those conversations because as much as I try to plan and and order things how I want them to be, a lot of times it's it it ends up being God sort of saying, or or me feeling like God is saying to me, uh, like this is kind of what you're thinking, this is kind of what you're feeling, and I'm I'm sort of affirming that, and I get I guess uh, in many ways it's sort of sometimes it's surprising, other times there's a sense of peace that comes with that. Uh, but yeah, some, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's like, really, God, is this, if this is really what you want me to do, I'll, I'll go. So hmm. that's good. Any of those conversations happening lately? Uh, yeah, a little bit, just, just because during the pandemic, so much has changed, uh, with pastoral ministry and, uh, with seminary, everything's online. And so it's, it's just been like, what are we supposed to do now and, and what's next and how are things kind of shifting uh, in my call or, you know, the call to pastoral ministry is still there, but I think that the, the opportunities and the world has changed so much that it's kind of, a, it's been a season of discerning, like, what does this mean now? Right, right. Yeah, good. Well, you mentioned earlier, of course, that you grew up at First Church. Uh, I, I just wonder if along the way there were any like, key moments that um, you really feel like your spiritual journey either began or you know, maybe took a big jump, maybe moments that God became particularly real to you along the way. Yeah, um, like I mentioned, I, I grew up in Sunday school, so I have fond memories of that early Christian formation. I, I sang in the choir and always, I was one of those, you know, I think kids that I liked going to church and I liked being around our church. And, and so the draw was always there. I think when I got into youth group, that became, it started to feel like, okay, this, this is something that I want to explore deeper. And I was in a, like a small group or a share group, we called it, that met every Tuesday throughout high school. I think it was during that time that I really began to ask those big questions in a group and talk about our faith more seriously. Um, for me, when it, when it hit home was when I, I was in high school, I was a senior in high school when my dad passed away. And so during that time, I really had to wrestle with what does it mean uh, what does it mean to, to deal with grief and what does it mean to, um, call God my father? Because I was dealing with my, my dad who was, who had passed away. And, um, and so it was, it was then, and 
it also kind of stemmed from the fact that I, I felt like I was where I was supposed to be when I was at youth group or when I was leading worship in the praise band. And, and so all of those things kind of came together and I really had to start asking what is this, this faith journey and, and discipleship thing about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of times the, that God, the God as father has been meaningful to you. Uh, now, now you're a father, yeah. um, has, has fatherhood uh, impacted that image of God for you at all? Yeah, I, I think it definitely has. Um, I, when I got to seminary, they, you know, you've had this experience, they start to fill, fill your head with all these expansive concepts of, of who God is and the Trinity and all this language. But then uh, I guess about nine, you know, halfway into my first year, my daughter was born and, and yeah, I remember right around the first, I think the first Sunday I, I preached at my church after she was born was father's day. And I, I started out saying, I, I didn't think I was going to preach just a fatherhood, you know, father's day Sunday sermon, but yeah, holding her, I remember in the hospital thinking, if this is how much I love this little thing mm -hmm. and God is our father, I mean, how much more, you know, how much more does he or, or God love us? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it definitely has. Uh, but again, I, I, you know, there's other ways to think of God and those, those are important as well. But that's just one of the ways that it's, it's clicked for me. Yeah. Well, think about some of those other ways Have have any, you know, beyond the classroom, beyond the paper, have, have any other images of God become particularly meaningful to you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I've, I think um, just God being embodied in Jesus, um, God incarnate, God with us has, has really meant a lot. And especially kind of diving deeper into, into scripture and reading about Jesus's life. How do I, how do I read and, and think about Jesus as, as being God incarnate and with us on earth? And, and that's, that's been important. And then also um, God as Holy spirit. And what does that mean for God to always be with us and to be in us and, and working through us and working around us? Those, those two have, have been important as well. Yeah, that's good. So when would you, like these days, you know, this stage of your spiritual journey, when, when, are, when do you feel closest to God? What are some of the things that help you really connect? Do you have spiritual practices? Do you have a place you go? Yeah, I, I think, so when, I guess in terms of spiritual practices, uh, during the pandemic, especially because there's not as many places to go, um, I have been walking a lot and that's been a spiritual practice for me is just walking, whether it's just around my neighborhood or going to, um, we have some nature trails around here, but walking and sort of thinking and praying and, and being kind of just out in nature has, has been a spiritual practice. Mm. Um, but I also, I also feel close to God um, in 
uh, I guess like sacred places like a sanctuary. Um, I love the the sanctuary at, at first Orlando and, um, being in that place makes me feel close with God. And, and up here, up here, it's the Duke chapel. Um, you know, this beautiful expansive chapel with stained glass windows. So I, I feel it in both of those ways. Um, and I was, I was thinking through like, okay, those, those are two spiritual practices, but I also feel close with God when I'm getting breakfast with friends or sharing a good meal with people. And definitely something I've missed during the pandemic is, is being with people. Um, because that's also, uh, I think I'm an extrovert. The pandemic has made me question some of that, but being around people and sharing in those, you know, close intimate relationships and settings is also where I feel close to God. Yeah. 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 That's good. So you mentioned, uh, walking and nature, you, you mentioned, uh, sacred spaces, um, mm-hmm. and, and people community. Yeah. But yeah, those are great. Those are great. What, what about when you're going through a hard time? Um, and obviously the pandemic's been a difficult for all of us, but when John finds himself in a, in a, you know, a bad day, negative space, stressed, whatever. Are, are there are there ways that you find you're able to connect with God in the midst of the in the midst of the storm? We might say. Yeah, I I think definitely. Um, for me, I, I I try to first just on my own. I try to put things in perspective. Um, Gratitude is really important trying to practice gratitude and, and think of ways, uh, that, that God has been working even in the midst of those things that are hard for me. Um, trying to think of things that I'm thankful for, uh, especially, you know, one example during the pandemic has been, even though it's just been, you know, in the house, most of the time I've been able to see my daughter grow up basically every single day. Um, and a lot of people don't get that experience. So, yeah, that that's sort of the on the personal practice is, is gratitude, trying to put things in perspective of of time. I, I'm big on kind of like temporary experience. I try to not let those temporary times of of bad things happening influence overall good things. Um, and then and then the the communal aspect to me is important too. I I have a breakfast group that started you know, in Orlando and and now during the pandemic, we've been FaceTiming every Thursday, but those are all people um, and my wife included who I can pick up the phone and and call and talk through some of those things. So having other people who are on the journey with you, I think is really important to process things and talk through issues and, and to hold you accountable, all of those things that kind of help when things aren't going exactly how you want them to. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, speaking of people, I I wondered, um, I wonder who some of your spiritual heroes are. Uh, could be people you know. Could be people just you know you read about or heard about. Yeah, I, for me in my in my life, people who. So I I think losing my father early, I always look to mentors and people to kind of. Um, they were a little bit ahead of me or maybe a lot ahead of me on the journey uh, that had been there before 
and who I respected. So I think of people like Justin Cox, who was my youth pastor, um, former youth pastor at, at the church. And, um, and I think of people like Tom, Reverend Tom McCloskey um, and Bob Bishong, just, just people who, because I feel called to ministry, have been in ministry, have been people who um, I look up to both because of, of what they were doing, but also the ways they empowered and encouraged me. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's a big part for my call is, is how do I both learn from people who are further ahead, but also um, when I, when I go into full-time ministry, how do I encourage and empower other people who feel called as well? Um, so yeah. And the, the, the people who are sort of practicing um, discipleship and, and active in their spiritual journey that I've been able to, to interact with a few that I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think Nadia Boltz Weber is a, um, author that I enjoy. Um, C.S. Lewis, I think a lot of people would agree is, is a spiritual sort of hero. Um, and then in seminary, uh, like just reading some of Walter Brueggemann's stuff and, um, and then on Duke's campus, interacting with like Will Willimon, uh, Bishop Will Willimon. And then, uh, so, so there's a lot of people. And I think getting to interact with sort of the, the close people to you is important and also reading people who are, um, you know, writing things that are influential. Mm. That's good. What's your favorite thing about God? My favorite thing about God is uh, I think of, of the parables in, in the Bible that Jesus tells of like the prodigal son or, or the, the shepherd that goes after the lost sheep. And I think of the fact that I know for me, um, there's, there's been a lot of times in my life and decisions I've made and things that have happened where I'm not so sure that I'm should be called to ministry. And in a lot of ways, I feel very, you know, affirmed by other people that that's what I'm supposed to do. But the fact that God would, would welcome us back home, no matter where we've been, or the fact that God would go out and search for us. And, um, those, that's my favorite thing about God. Yeah. Well, that's a good favorite thing. I like that. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when you've mentioned prayer a couple of times, uh, you know, when you're, when you pray, do you find yourself, are there, are there kind of themes to your prayers? Are there things that you find you often are praying for? Yeah, I, I think for me, I mean, I was, I was shaped in the, the Wesleyan tradition, you know, by First United Methodist Church of Orlando. And I, I find myself praying often, whether it's sort of conscious or subconscious, some, some version of uh, the Wesley covenant prayer. Um, I try to, uh, you know, ask God to, for his will or God's will to be done. Um, and not mine. And I, I try to be intentional about that and to, to sort of empty me of, of myself and, and fill me with the Holy spirit. I, I because 
I'm actively trying to pursue what God wants me to do in my life. I'm, I'm usually trying to pray something like that. And, and whether or not I'm listening, it depends on, you know, how things are going, but I, some version of the Wesley covenant prayer, um, is sort of the personal things that I pray about. And, and then recently definitely found myself praying about what's next and the life of the United Methodist church and, and the local church, because I feel called to serve as a pastor in the local church, um, as a part of the Methodist connection. And also just how, how do we as Christians, um, who do you want us to serve God and, and what do you want us to do? And, um, and praying for situations of injustice and societal unrest, all those things that have been sort of in the forefront of, of our minds this, this past year. That's great. Well, John, I love to read and uh, I see a stack of books next to you. Uh, and I know you're in seminary. Uh, yeah. Anything you're currently reading you recommend? Yeah, this big stack of books. Um, I, one book that I'm reading for a class on uh, the gospel of Luke is Jesus and the disinherited by Howard Thurman. Um, And so far I've, I've really enjoyed that um, immensely. Uh, And it's one thing seminaries taught me is it's important to read perspectives about scripture that may not be from your background or your context. Yeah. And so um, that's one. And uh, if you want to, if you like the book of Jeremiah, this Walter Brueggemann book called Like Fire in the Bones has been interesting. That was one book I had to uh, read for my a preaching course and uh, talking about the prophets. So those are two that are on the stack right now. There's There's been a few <laughs> throughout seminary so far. I bet. I bet. Well, those yeah. are both great, great recommendations. Well, John, thank you so much for uh, having this great conversation with me today and and for sharing a bit of your story with the folks of First Church. I know everyone who listens is going to be blessed by it. Um, And to those who have been listening, I know you must have enjoyed hearing from John today. Uh, We hope you'll keep listening to more great stories from more of our friends at First Church. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks, Vance. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and that you will listen again in the future. If you enjoyed today's message, we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and share it with others on social media. For more information about First Church Orlando, please visit our website at firstchurchorlando.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If this podcast is a valuable resource to you, we invite you to give to this ministry by making a financial contribution at firstchurchorlando.org forward slash give. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.